It is so awesome to be here with each and every one of you, to be able to worship the Lord here today. I just want to, as I, before I begin to share the message that God has put into my heart, I want to just uh, to, to take a few moments here to just um, pray for our nation, to pray for Canada here today. Who here would say that there are some pretty crazy, intense things that are going on in our nation right now. You're aware of that. Uh, You've maybe heard a little bit about that. Well, I just want to pray today for God's uh, peace to rest upon our country. Father God, I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are the one who is the establisher of nations and countries and leaders and people. And Father, I pray today, Father God, that you would pour out your peace upon our country, Father God. I pray that you would give uh, uh, just rest. But I also am asking you, God, that, um, that you, would, you would reveal that truth and justice would prevail. Lord, I'm praying that truth and justice would prevail in our nation, Father God. I pray, uh, Father God, that you would just calm everybody's hearts here. You'd bring peace to their minds. Lord, those that are having anxiety and, and frustrations, Lord, that they would know, Father God, that your hand is on our nation and is upon them today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen and amen. In fact, one of the things I want to do is I want to, uh, as I was praying this week, as I was seeking the Lord um, for our gathering, I felt like the Lord put a word in my heart for our church that I wanted to share with you. And here's what God put in my heart. And so this is meant to encourage you. Now, the very first part may not Seem like it's encouraging, but it is. But here's what I heard the Lord say to me. He said, it's, even though it's going to be darker for a short season, it's going to feel dark, it's going to feel like things are not great around you, I heard the Lord say, hold on because I am coming to do a great thing. Hold on for my life and my victory. And, he, and I heard him say, there are those who have put their trust in me, who have put their trust in And my son, God will watch over you and protect you. And he put the scripture in my heart, the weeping may last for a night, rejoicing comes in the morning. And I believe for many of you, you've experienced places and things in your life and in your situations where you have had some difficulties. You've had things that you feel like have have been circling around you. And God is saying, don't worry, that is just for this moment But God says there is rejoicing that's going to come into your life. And I declare that in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Isn't that good? God cares about you. God cares about what we are are going through here. And we're going to talk more about that in our message. I'm also so excited that next week is water baptism. And if you have not been baptized, you have not chosen to be baptized in your life, I want to encourage you to go to our next steps desk and sign up and so that we can, you can enter, a, 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 it's a making that declaration that I am a child of God, that I'm here to walk with Jesus in each part of my life. I want to encourage you to do that. And as well, on March 6th, I cannot wait for our first Sunday where we're going to have a full-on praise, worship, prayer, all of that kind of stuff is going to go on. Um, For those of you that were a part of Mega Prayer in January, it was so incredible. It was awesome. You do not want to miss these gathering times, so please mark that on your calendar. Wow. Well, I'm today, we are over the next couple weeks, we are going to uh, continue and finish this month with our series called The Power of God. 
And here's what I want you to know and understand, that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead resides in you. If you are a follower of Jesus, if Jesus is the center of your life, you have been positioned and appointed to release the power of God through your life to the people around you. Now, here's what I believe. We've learned because of who we are in Christ Jesus that we've been given great authority. Who here realizes that God has given us authority? We're not here just on earth just to survive, to live for a few years, to struggle through life and to just kind of make it and just hope that we we get to the other side until we, we get to heaven. But God has given you his authority that we are called as his people to bring heaven down to earth. In fact, I believe this, that we have been given great authority to loose and to bind. There are things that are going on in the world that, that, that need to be bound up. There's things of darkness that go around our families, around our communities, around our nation, our city, that God's saying, you have the power and authority to say, enough is enough. Enough is enough. God has given you that authority as a follower of Jesus, as well as to release things, to release encouragement and goodness and blessing and favor and all of those things. We also have been given the authority to encourage and to heal, that through our words and our actions, we can bring healing into people's lives, to also declare change and transformation, for God to change us and to transform those around us and those situations around us. You see, by our words and our actions, we have the power to impact the world around us. But here's what I want to say, or... Did you know that just having Jesus' authority is not enough? Oh, whoa. Wait a second. Come on, Pastor Todd. That, you mean just not having his authority is enough? Who, who knows that we can possess something but never use it? Right? We can have things, but that doesn't mean that they're effective until we use it. In fact, we, we had a couch growing up in my family that nobody was ever allowed to sit on. It sat in the living room. It was in this place. It was plastic-coated. It was an incredible thing. It looked beautiful. I thought it might be comfortable. I never know because I was never allowed to sit on the couch. It was not allowed to be used. And here's what I believe today that we have to understand that Jesus gave us his authority and his power for us to use it for his purposes, for his glory. You see, we can have great potential in God, but unless we step into it, unless we activate it, unless we use it, it's just wasted potential. In fact, I say this, possession, you can write this down, without participation is wasted potential. There are things that we have, encouraging words in our heart, love that we are called to give to people, but if we don't release that it doesn't have the same value as when we release it. So today we're going to talk about the power of stepping out. I believe God's called us that for many of us that he wants us to step out and use his glory, to use his power and authority. We're going to learn how to step into what God has given us. Let's turn to the book of Matthew. And we're going to see a story here about stepping out, about how we can follow Jesus, follow his disciples and how we can step out. And it's Matthew chapter 14, starting in verse 
22, and it says immediately after this, I'll explain what after this was here in a minute. Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there all alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified and in their fear, they cried out, It's a ghost! Man, that would be pretty wild. I'd love to have been to see there. There's a ghost. But Jesus, but Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. I'm going to repeat that right now because I think we need to hear that. Don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? Hmm. We're going to come back to that story here in a second, but I want to talk about February here. Love it or hate it, February is known for that infamous holiday, Valentine's Day. Who here remembers Valentine's Day was this last Monday? Now, I'm here to tell you, some of you guys, if you missed it, you missed it. We can't go back, you know. You might be able to go find that clearance candy uh, on the shelf for about a third of the price now. You know, that might work for your relationship. It wouldn't work for mine, but hey, who's judging? You know, it's a time to celebrate love and, and, and those that we love and all of that good stuff. And, and, and I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad today. I'm not trying to make... Uh, people that aren't in a relationship to feel like, oh man, I wish it, but I, I'm just going to say this. I am, am so glad that I am not in the dating game anymore. Who would say amen to that? Hallelujah. Whew. Man, that just, it seems exhausting even thinking about it, that, that I'm so glad I'm not looking for that special someone. Well, however, I can still remember the first time I saw my future wife, Pastor Jan. That was before she was Pastor Jan, by the way. It was a rainy day in Portland, Oregon. It rains there a lot. When all of a sudden this blonde bombshell ran past me wearing this yellow and black rain slicker. I was like, whoa. I was like, whoa. I remember saying to my friend, who is that girl? Who is that? Well, my heart fluttered and I wondered a bit as I would ever see her again. And well, as faith, I prefer to use the word faith instead of fate, uh, would have it. She happened to be in one of my classes. Now, I've got to confess something. Um, when I was in college, um, I failed a Bible college course. It was the only course I ever failed. In fact, uh, if I look at it, it was the easiest course that I had, but I failed it. Um, but you know what? It happened to be in that class that I met 
my future wife. I, I, there, there might be a, another message I could preach how our failures can lead to our greatest triumphs. Hallelujah. <laughs> All right. After a few weeks of sitting behind her in class and, you know, the fun bantering and conversation, you know, not focusing on school, doing all of that kind of stuff. I almost failed it again, but no. Um, I wondered if there was a chance to start a more meaningful relationship. So I remember I prayed about it because, of course, I was in Bible college. I talked to my friends about it, but I had this moment where it was time to either put up or shut up, that it was time to take a risk and ask her out for a date. It was time to step out from the fear and take a chance. And you can see, as you can see now, the rest is history. I stepped into that. I took that opportunity. You see, it would have never happened if I didn't step out. Now, here's what I want to say today. More people, I believe, live with regret, not for what they have done in their lives, but for what they wish they would have done that I wish I would have tried out for that team. I wish I would have taken that job. I wish I would have gone on that trip. There's so many times I hear people talk to me in my life. I wish, I wish I would have done this, but they weren't willing to step out. Having that conversation, seizing that job, whatever that opportunity is. And I believe God's design and his desire for each and every one of us is that we would live a life without regret. Now I want to go back to the story in Matthew 14. I love this story. And to give you some context, Jesus and his disciple had just finished miraculously feeding over 20,000 people. I'm probably being conservative because when you read in the Bible where it says like they fed the 4,000 or the 5,000, when it came to counting, they only accounted adult men in that count. There was 5,000 men that were there. Well, if you know anything about Jewish families in Bible times, they had a lot of kids. They had a lot of children. And so I think it's conservative to say that, that they fed over 20,000 people, a massive crowd had gathered to hear Jesus teach about the kingdom of God, but they did not bring any food. And so they took a simple lunch. Uh, some people believe it was a, a, a young boy had a, a lunch that, that had just a few loaves of bread and a fish in, or a loaf of bread and some fish. And they fed everybody until they had more than enough to eat. And then the Bible says that they sent them home because it was evening. Well, as night descended, Jesus put his team on a boat and went into the hills to pray by himself. And, and I, I just believe this as an aside. This wasn't the main part of my message. That, that We have to remember we should never underestimate the importance and power of prayer. That, that Jesus prayed. Jesus spent hours seeking God. And Because here's what we have to understand. that If there's no prayer, there will be no power. And that could be another message. Man, i got all sorts of messages coming out of this message. We know that as the boat drifted across the lake, the Bible says that a big storm developed causing waves to crash over the boat. But if that was not enough to scare the disciples, off in the distance they saw a silhouette of a person approaching the boat that looked like a ghost walking on the water. I mean, I, I wish I could have seen that. I think it would have been just so cool. Like, wah! You know, there's so many Bible stories that would just, they'd be incredible movies. We know this. 
And so the disciples did what most of us would have done. They freaked out. Ah! Only to be discover that the ghost was Jesus who was casually walking on the water. I, I, I just have this picture that there was just chaos, waves crashing, wind blowing, the boats rocking, and here's just Jesus. He's just coming. He's walking on the water. No worries about the waves, no fear of the wind, just a steady walk to the boat. I think it's so important for us to understand that when all chaos, all hell is breaking loose around us, when all we see is a storm, Jesus, he's peace. Wherever he goes, there's peace. So when we're with Jesus, we get to be in his peace. See, I believe you'll experience peace in every situation when you're able to recognize that Jesus is with you. I think somebody needed to hear that today. But not only does Jesus approach his disciples, he speaks to them. He does not speak to the storm initially, not in this account, but he speaks to their hearts. And he says this, don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. Listen to that. Don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. I'm speaking this to you today. Some of you need to hear this. Don't be afraid. Take courage. Jesus is here. You see, I believe that with whatever we're facing, whatever we're experiencing, whatever it is that we're, we're, fat, uh, we're, we're dealing with in our life, whether it's the chaos in our government, whether it's the chaos in our family, whether it's the chaos in our finances, whatever it is that we're experiencing, I hear the Lord saying, don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. That bad doctor's report, don't be afraid. Take courage, I'm here. And something happened in that moment as Jesus spoke. We see that faith and courage began to arise inside of Peter. And so what does Peter do? He asks Jesus, he says, Jesus, can I, can I come out on the water with you? He asked for something bold. He asked for permission to walk on the water. I mean, that is such a crazy thing. And guess what? What did Jesus say to him? Come. Come, come join me, come out here with me. You see, what is amazing that, that, that this wasn't just, if, if I was going to be somebody who was going to walk on water for the first time, I don't know about you, but I would not pick during the middle of a raging storm, in the middle of some crazy winds, I would probably try to find a lake that was on a nice, peaceful, quiet day. All right, let's, let's give this a try. You see, that would be my idea. But yet Peter says, Jesus, can, can I come out there with you? And Jesus says, come. I believe Jesus wants to raise our courage to ask for things that seem a bit crazy. To believe for the impossible. And I hear as even as God was speaking to me, as, as he's putting things in our hearts today, he's saying, come, come out of the boat, come out of what you think is safe, and come out to me where it truly is safe. You see, wherever Jesus is, that's the safest place to be. So step out, step out, step out. And I hear 
God speaking today for some of you today, for each, actually for each and every one of us. God is asking us that we would step out, that we would step out of our comfort zone, that we would step out of the fear, that we would step out of the confusion, that we would step out of what we think is safe, that we would step out even in the middle of the storm. Why? Because Jesus is with you. Jesus says, don't put your hope in the boat. Put your trust in me. And he says, come. Come and join me. Now, I, I know many of you right now might be like, Pastor Todd, I, I don't know if this is the, the, the right time to do, do, do what God, maybe this, is this the right time? You, you may not think it's the right time, but I believe God is saying it's time to step out. You may not believe that it's the right environment, but it's time to step out. You may not feel like you can make a difference, but it's time to step out. You see, it's time to do something. It's time for us to take the authority and the, 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 the power and the things that God has given us, and it's time for us to step out and walk them out. So here's my first point today about the, or that I want us to remember here at the end is we need to understand that faith is an action word. Understand that faith is an action word. Now, you, you know for the whole fall that my big statement about faith, that I believe the essence of faith is that what is God is bigger. Whatever it is that we experience, whatever it is that we are dealing with in our life, that we need to remember that God is bigger. That really is where faith begins, where we, we acknowledge that no matter what I see going on in my world, God is bigger. But the, the next part of it, here's part two, that faith is an action word. It's not just a belief. It's not just something I, I, I have in my heart, but it's something that causes me to, to walk into this. I've, in fact, I say that the foundation of faith is belief, but the fruit of faith is obedient actions. Faith is obedience and action. Well, God, you asked me to, uh, to go share that, that word of encouragement. I don't know if I want to. Faith says, I, I'm going to step out. I'm going to give that word of encouragement. It's faith and action. It's obedience and action. You see, God moves through the currency of faith or obedient action. In James chapter 1, verse 22, he, the, the writer James said this, but don't just listen to God's word. He's saying, just don't hear it. Just don't say, okay, yeah, okay, I get it. But you must do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. I have to say this. I might step on a couple toes here. This is where I, I go into my stepping on toes part of it. The problem with modern Christianity for many is that many try to live for Jesus with the least amount of inconvenience as possible. Well, how can I serve you, God, but not, not really have to, 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 to make any sacrifices in my life or have to change too many things or, or, or step into something new? How can I just, how can I have Jesus, but just, let's just keep it on the down low here. You know, Jesus and I, we're good. It's all good. You see, I believe that, that some have believed that they, and they want salvation without transformation. I, I want to be saved, but I, I don't want to have to, to, to change anything. I don't want to have to grow. And, and so, but then there's others that hope 
change and transformation will come just from a few prayers. Maybe if I, if I just got to pray a little bit, if I just use a few prayers, but I, but I don't really want to have to do anything. I want God to do it, right? You know, if God wants to change the situation, then God will change the situation. I've heard a lot of people say that. that's their theology. Well, it's just, it's up to God. What if God was saying to you today, it's up to you? <laughs> that God's saying, I'm ready to move. I'm ready to do things, but, but I'm waiting for you to move. Here's the, troll, the, the truth. If God has told you to do something, you will not cause him to move with more prayer. He's gonna, you need to step out in obedience to release God's power. What do you mean by that? Well, let me just say this. You may want your neighbor to come to church. You may want your neighbor to know who Jesus is. And, and you can pray that somebody else will do it. But maybe God's saying, I want you to go invite them to church. See, the way that they're going to know about me, the way they're going to hear about me is you have to step out of your comfort zone and you're the one who has to go and talk to them. Maybe you're a leader of a business here. I don't know if you've ever been here. You know, you, you, you may have an employee that's not, uh, you know, up to snuff. Well, you can pray and hope that they'll change, but they're not going to change until you confront them and challenge them. The Bible says that if we want to see people healed, we've got to lay our hands on the sick. Somebody's got to go pray for them. You've got to step out. If you want your marriage to be healthier, you've got to talk to your wife or you've got to talk to your husband. It's not going to just come by a hope and a, oh, I wish it will happen. I hope it happens. Maybe you need to go to marriage counseling. I don't know. The list could go on and on. But here's what I want you to understand, that physical acts of obedience release spiritual power. We see it all throughout the Bible. And we step out of the boat. When we do what we should do, it releases God to do what only he can do. Faith is an action word. Secondly, we've got to keep our focus on Jesus. <laughs> you see, everything was going great with Peter until he took his eyes off of Jesus and realized he was doing something humanly impossible. He was walking on water. I want you to know today, God is the God of the impossible. He wants you to step into things that you think are impossible. Have you ever done something you should not be capable of doing? Like, have you ever been like, wow, how did that happen? Like, maybe you rolled down a, a hill and you're like, how did I end up on my feet? Or maybe you're somebody here that you're not the best student, but you scored a super high mark on a test and you're like, whoa, how did that happen? It's a miracle. Or maybe you're having a terrific conversation with, and you look at the people around you, they're, they're, they're popular or they're people that you admire and you're just like, man, this is going so good. And in the back of your mind, like, you're like, man, this is going too good. When's it going to go like, You can be in that moment and wonder, what am I doing here? I remember when I was a teenager, I was playing a round of golf. And it was, this was like my super awesome round. It was after four holes, I was three under par. I mean, this was like an incredible score. This is like PGA Tour. I'm like, wow, this is so cool. And I was on the fifth hole, and I'd hit my approach shot to three 
feet away from the hole. I was getting ready for my fourth birdie in five holes. I mean, I was thinking, man, this was before Tiger Woods. So this is like Jack Nicholas. I'm like, I'm gonna, this is awesome. I'm doing so good. And all of a sudden, as I was walking up to my ball, the thought started going through my mind like, what are you doing? You shouldn't be doing this. You're not that good. And I began to realize, oh, maybe I'm not that good. And so not only did I end up missing that three-foot putt, that gimme almost, I ended up bogeying like every hole for the rest of the round. And I, I was, it was it, uh, the greatest round of my life turned into be like an okay round. Why? Because I lost my focus. I believe this. It's important for us to keep our focus on Jesus, not on the storms, not on the obstacles, not on the doubts, but to keep our focus on Jesus. And by understanding this, that as he begins to lead us and we step out into things, that what we're doing is not for our own personal glory. It's not so that we can tell our friends, like, look, I prayed for that person and and God touched them. It's because it will be to give him the glory and him the honor for who he is. When we struggle and focus on our own perceptions, we become like Peter and we realize we see the storm, we see what is impossible, we don't see, we we take our eyes off of Jesus and we begin to sink. You see, we have to remember we are finite, but Jesus is infinite. We have limited strength and understanding, but he has unlimited power. When our focus is on Jesus, the opportunities are endless. Here's my last point today. I believe we need to have courage to step out. In order to step out will require courage. You see, to walk on water, Peter had to get out of the boat. (laughs) To step out of the boat, Peter had to leave a place of safety. You see, if we are going to walk in the authority and the power that God has given us, we need to understand that we will not be able to stay in our place of comfort and safety. I love this quote in The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Who here has read The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe? Maybe you've watched the movie, The Chronicles of Narnia. And in this scene, we have Susan is talking with Mr. Beaver about the nature of Aslan, the Lion King of Narnia. And here's what it starts off. Mr. Beaver says, Aslan is a lion king, or is a lion, the lion, the great lion. Ooh, said Susan. I thought he was a man. Is he quite safe? I shall feel rather nervous about meeting a lion. Safe, said Mr. Beaver. Beaver, who said anything about safe? Of course he isn't safe, but he's good. He's the king, I tell you. You see, I believe that the search for safety has hindered many of us from experiencing the freedom and the greatness that God wants us to be able to discover in him. See, God doesn't promise us safety in everything that we go through in life, but he says he will deliver us from our challenges and our difficulties. God doesn't promise the absence of challenges, but that he would guide us and protect us through those challenges. God does not say to us that we will never experience failure, but that he will be with us and love us through those failures. See, there are mountains to be climbed. There are giants to be conquered, breakthrough discoveries to be released for those who are willing to step out. 
I want to say this. You will never be able to fly unless you're willing to leave the safety of the ground. Who's going to step out? I hear God saying, I want people to step out, to talk to your friend or your coworker about Jesus, to pray for people who need healing, not just at church, but wherever we're at, to go talk to our, our coworker, to go pray for our neighbor, to say, we're believing God to touch you. To begin a new relationship with our, our neighbor or, or somebody that we, we just met to say, hey, I want to get to know you so that I can be a part of your life and share Jesus with you. To start that new business. To give a word of encouragement. To be a difference maker. You have to step out. God is looking for us to step out. And here's what I felt God was speaking to me. This was for my own heart today. Quit waiting for someone else to do it. <laughs> Quit looking for somebody else to do it. We need to step out. Quit wishing and hoping and start leading and helping. Step into your place of authority, to your calling, your destiny. Step up to a new level of faith for something bigger than yourself. For those who are unable to stand, what did, Peter, what did Jesus say to Peter? Take courage. Catherine, if you can come up here, that would be awesome. Take courage. To step into our God-given authority requires courage. To serve Jesus fully requires courage. To stand up for truth and righteousness takes courage. We need God to release a greater level of courage in our lives so that we can see his power and his authority released. Now I know this can be controversial. I know that there's people that have a lot of different feelings about the stuff that's going on right now in our nation and in our world. But whether you like it or not, people are stepping out. And it's impacting not only Canada, but the rest of the world. You see, it takes courage to step out, to live for your convictions, to live for the things that God puts in your heart, regardless of what they are. You see, I'm believing God is calling us to be those people who will live by faith, to step out in courage, to take hold of what God has for us. I hear him today speaking to us that we would be people that would be doers of the word, not just hearers of the word, but doers of the word as well. That God would release courage because it's going to take great courage. In fact, as I am coming to the close of this talk here today, it's, I believe God wants to pour out upon us greater courage. Courage to live boldly for him. Courage to not allow the things and the dreams that he's put in our heart just to stay dormant, but that we would, we would step into it, that we would step out of the safety of our boat and say, God, I'm willing to do whatever it is that you've asked me to do. Because in that is true life and true freedom.